Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Good evening, everyone. For those here and those online, we welcome you to our Wednesday evening service. And we are heading to some place that not many have ventured to go. For those of you that uh, have ever watched Star Trek from back in the 60s and 70s, 70s, it starts off by saying, space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to seek out life and new civilization to boldly go where no man has gone before. This is our motto here, to go boldly where no one has gone before. Not in our own strength, but by the power of the greater one that lives on the inside of us. And we have crossed over to the other side. We have entered into the promised land. But even though we have entered into the promised land, there are just so many things in our own personal lives and what we do for the Lord that has to change to line up with where we are in right now. We are in a land that God says flows with milk and honey. We're in a land where everything is plush. We're in a land where everything is great. But we as the people of the children of God must come up in our mindset, in our attitudes towards that. Now we're going to take a look at that for a few minutes tonight. Let's look at Romans 15 and 4 in the Passion Translation. It says, Whatever was written beforehand is meant to instruct us in how to live. The scriptures impart to us encouragement and inspiration so that we can live in hope and endure all things. That's very important. Endure all things. Which means in the promised land, there are certain things that's going to happen that we have to be able to endure. Sometimes some people get uh, a, a, just a mixed idea of what the promised land is. The only difference, okay, see the children of Israel, when they, when they left Egypt, there are certain tribes that settled on the east side of the Jordan. We have the... the uh, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. They settled there because the land there was very good for grazing. But the promised land was across the Jordan. And what so many people fail to understand is that when you cross the Jordan, there are things that will take place in the promised land Ladies and gentlemen, I want to brace you for this. In the promised land, you will have more battles. You will have larger giants. You will have bigger armies coming against you. You will have things that you wonder, is this the land of promise? It is the land of promise because God said, this is where I want you to be. And in that land, everything that you do is so important to the progress of you being in the perfect will of God. And we see, he says here, that whatever was written beforehand was written to instruct us on how to live. In 1 Corinthians 10 and 11 says, and all these things are types. They are types. They did happen to those persons and they were written for admonition to whom the end of the ages did come. So what we're going to look at for a few minutes is what happened to the children of Israel as they crossed over the Jordan 
into the promised land. And it's there for us to, to look at and say, okay, I see that. That's a type and a shadow. And it was written so that I can understand what they went through. So when I'm going through the situation, circumstances and trials and battles, I know because of God that I have the victory. So brace yourself, ladies and gentlemen. We're in for a war. We're in for a war, but fear not, fear not. And that's what I want to, 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 to let you understand. You're in for a battle. The giants are larger. The, everything is, is much bigger than what you have thought about when you were in the wilderness. But God is the one that is going to bring us through. Now, all the, Jesus came to fulfill the whole law. He says, behold, I come in a volume of a book which is written of me. And Jesus himself had to go through what the children of Israel went through so that we can see that the, everything was written of him and that we can do exactly what he did. Let's look at, at Mark 1, 9 through 13. One day Jesus came to Nazareth, to Nazareth in Galilee and John baptized him in the what river? The Jordan River. He was baptized in the Jordan River. And what river did the children of Israel cross to get into the promised land? The Jordan River. Now, the word Jordan means to descend. It means to go down. And... Just to give you a perspective, the Jordan River uh, is about 90 to 100 feet wide when it's at the crest uh, of the, the time of the harvest. And it's about 10 feet deep, which meant that when the children of Israel crossed over, everything got covered. There wasn't any little thing that could have been sticking up and said, oh, I'm going to go in with you. Everything had to be covered. Everything. And so Jesus, when he was baptized, everything was covered. And then he got up from being baptized just as the children of Israel came up out of the Jordan. The 10th verse says, and as, as Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens split apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly beloved, my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. Then it says, the spirit then compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness where he was tempted of Satan for 40 days. And he was out among the wild animals and angels took care of him. Now, Jesus himself, as the children of Israel wandered in the desert for 40 years, Jesus had to be in the wilderness also. Not for 40 years, but for 40 days. Because you know, 40 is the number of probation, testing, and trials. And so we have come from the, the, the wilderness and we are now, we have now been baptized in the Jordan and now we are come up on the other side. And when we're on the other side, now look at what happened to, to Jesus in, in Luke 4, 13 and 14. It says, when the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. Then Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly throughout the whole region. King James, Version said, King James Version said he came out with power, which means once we have crossed over, once we have come under the, the Jordan River and we are on the other side, we now have what? We now have power. We had power before, but now we have an exorbitant amount of power because the Holy Spirit is now being infused on the inside of you to do the work that is necessary to be a conqueror in the promised land. Success, though, 
only comes when we speak, meditate, and do the word or the law of God. Success in the promised land only comes when we speak, meditate, and do the law or the word of God. Thus, in, in Joshua 1, 5 through 9, it says, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will, I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Ladies and gentlemen, that word should be on your lips each and every day. God says he will not, he will not, he will not leave me, neither will he fail me. God does not fail you. And because God is not leaving me and God is not failing me, I will not fail in this promised land. There is no failure in the promised land once you are in the will of Almighty God. There is no failure in the promised land when you speak, meditate, and do his word. The sixth verse said, very important, be strong and of a good courage. What did he say? Be strong and of a good courage means that there is none of you that have entered into the promised land that's afraid. Fear is not a part of those that are in the promised land. There is no fear in those that are in the promised land. So he said, be Strong and of a good courage for unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their forefathers to give them. Then he goes on again. He says, only be strong and very courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Now, look at a twist in, in, in this part where he says, be strong and very courageous. He said, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the laws which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not to the right hand or to the left hand that thou mayst prosper whithersoever thou goest. Being strong and very courageous only comes when you are in the word and doing the word. If you are not in the word and doing the word, you are unable to be strong and courageous. Why? Because fear will enter your heart and your mind. And God has already said he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. A sound mind comes by spending time in the word. Because when you spend time in the word, it says that when you study to show yourself approved to God, workmen that needs not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. If you're not in the word on a daily basis, if you're not in the word continuously, you will not be able to rightly divide the word. And what happens is the enemy then comes in and he tricks you out of what God has already given to you. Remember, he had already given them the, the inheritance of the land that he had already promised them since the time of Abraham. It was already theirs. All they had to do was obey the word and walk in what he has for them. Then, the eighth verse. Now notice, this is God speaking. This is God speaking to Joshua. And he said, this book of the law, this book of the law, the word of God, his word, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do, to do all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. Then he continues to say, have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee wherever you go. Recognize in the promised land, God is making sure that you know 
that he's with you. He's making sure that you know that if he's with you, you are to be strong and courageous. He's letting you know that because he's with you, you are to be strong and very courageous because his word never fails. Do you realize when you, when you read the, the, the Old Testament how many, many times God wanted to just do away with the children of Israel because of their unbelief? Wanted to do away with, with them because of their stubbornness. Wanted to do away with them because of their hard-heartedness. Hard but the only thing that it kept him from doing that is what he promised. What he has promised. What he promised Abraham that he will give them this land for an inheritance. And so you are walking in the land of inheritance where God has given you. And because he has given you the land of inheritance, he will protect you. And he will also guide you. So now we have crossed over. We're on the other side. And there is one more thing that has to be done. The most important thing to make you what he wants you to be when you're in the promised land. The first thing the Lord ordered was something to show the sign of his covenant. Joshua 5 and 2 said, at that time, the Lord told Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the second generation of Israel. Very important that we are on the other side. Now there has to be a circumcision. Circumcision is a cutting away. What are we cutting away? All those things of the flesh. What are we cutting away? All those things that so easily beset us. What are we cutting away? Those attitudes that we used to have. What are we cutting away? Those, uh, th those murmuring type spirit that we used to have. What are we cutting away? Those things of lack of knowing God. What are we cutting away? Those things that God says, it's not what you are to be. So Romans 4 and 11 says, circumcision was a sign that Abraham already had faith and that God had already accepted him and declared him to be righteous even before he was circumcised. So Abraham is the spiritual father of those who have faith but have not been circumcised. They are counted as righteous because of their faith. And Galatians 5 and 6 says, for when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit of being circumcised or, or being uncircumcised. What is important is, express, is faith expressing itself in love. So now we are at the place of circumcision. We're at the place where now God wants to take away those things of the past that will hinder you from doing what you're supposed to do in the promised land. The reason, now the reason why the, the first generation was not able to go into the promised land, not because it, 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 wasn't, it, it wasn't close by, but it was because it was very close. It was their mentality. It was their mentality because they still had Egypt. Even though God brought them out of Egypt, they still had Egypt on the inside of them. Because when you read the scriptures, whenever things go wrong, whenever things went the way that they didn't think it was supposed to go to, they start thinking back of how good they had it in Egypt, which is a lie. It was a lie. They were slaves. They had to build bricks without straws, which is almost impossible, very difficult. They were being beaten. They were being whipped. They were slaves. So what were they talking about that it was good there? It wasn't good, but because their mentality does not understand the purpose of God and what God had for them, all they had to rely on is their past. 
And some of us, all we try to rely on is our past of things that we thought were good, even though they were very dangerous for us, even though they damaged us, we thought they were good. Why? Because that's all we knew. That's all we knew. You know, there are some people that are in, in relationships that, that, that is damaging, but because of their mentality and that's all they know, it seems okay. But when you're on the outside, you look in, you can say, that's not a good thing. But because that's all they know, that's all that they see, that's what's in their minds, that's what's around them every day, it becomes normal. But we, as of today, are being circumcised in our hearts, in our minds, in our attitudes, and in the things that we do. So now, circumcision does something to us. Joshua 5 and 9, and I'm almost done. Joshua 5 and 9 says, The Lord said unto Joshua, This day, this day have I rolled away the reproach from Egypt off you. Wherefore, the name of the place was called Gilgal unto this day. Listen to what the Lord says. When, when your heart is being really circumcised in the, in the promised land, he said, this day I will roll away the reproach of Egypt from off you. Now listen to this. The ones that were being circumcised knew nothing of Egypt because they were the second generation. They knew nothing of Egypt, but God said, because of even the, your ancestral uh, lineage of what happened in Egypt and what was, was trickled down to you, God says, I'm still going to roll away the reproach of Egypt from you. Notice, God didn't say that they were going to do it. But God said he was going to do it. And when God does it, it is done and complete. God has done a complete work on the inside of you. Has God done a complete work? God has done a complete work that we are now in the promised land, that we are now in the place where we can see giants and the giants was going to fear us. We're not going to fear the giants because we have almighty God on the inside of us. We have the word of God before us. We are meditating on his word. We are doing his word. And as we meditate and doing his word, we become more than conquerors. More than conquerors. Let me just give a side, a little side note here. Anyone, after, after we've, we've completed all this today, do you realize anyone else that comes into this ministry after we've crossed over into the promised land, they are no longer in the wilderness? Do you realize the children that were born of those once they were in the promised land were not in the wilderness? So therefore, when new people come in, they should have no thought. We should not give them anything about what the wilderness experiences is. But all we need to give them is what God said for his children to do for the children that were born in the promised land. He was supposed to teach them the word. As they walk with them, give them the word. As they talk with them, give them the word. As they sleep, give them the word. Word. When they wake up, give them the word. What word? His word. Because as he give them his word, then they have that mentality of what it is like to be in the promised land and know nothing about the stains of Egypt. Nothing of the stain of Egypt because we are in the land. We are no longer in Egypt. That same scripture, Joshua 5, 9, in the New Living Translation, it reads this way. 
Then the Lord said to Joshua, today I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt so that, so that place has been called Gilgal unto this day. Gilgal means to roll away. Gilgal means to get rid of. Now, here was what, here's a punchline. When I read that, the Holy Spirit dropped something on the inside of me because it said, then, then the Lord said to Joshua, today I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. God, you know what the Holy Spirit gave me? He gave me this statement. I know this is probably going to be controversial and all that stuff, but we, we can deal with it. The black community has been looking for reparation. Reparation means the making of amends for wrong done by others, uh, by, by the pain of money or to help them. Now, the black community has been looking for reparation from man as opposed to looking to the Lord to roll away the shame through the finished work of Jesus. What am I saying? There are so many people that are looking for a handout. Let's put it that way. Handout. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Remember what I just said? The ones that God said he was going to roll away the shame of their slavery were never enslaved. This was a second generation. They knew nothing of what it was to be enslaved. And God said he was the one that's going to roll the shame away from what their ancestors went through because he is God and he can do anything. He can roll away the hurt and the pain if you allow him to. So many are not allowing him to, but they're reaching back and pulling the pain when God says he is the one that's able to roll it away. You can't roll it away by yourself. You can't do that on your own. It's only God that can do this, but we must allow him by the spirit of God and what Jesus Christ has done on the cross for us that therefore if any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. Why all things have passed away and Look, all things have become new and all things are of God who has created all things. And because it's of God, we know that we can roll it away and we can walk in newness of life knowing that there is no more shame in what has happened to us in Egypt. We say God can do anything except what I don't want him to do. Except what I think should happen. God is the one that rolls away the shame. Not money, not people. God is the one. And until we really get that in our hearts and our minds, we will continually battle with reparation. We will continually battle with what are they going to do for me because of what has happened uh, many hundreds of years ago. What has happened? No, what you need to do is to go before God and say, Lord, you said you did it for the children of Israel. You rolled away the shame of their slavery. Roll away that shame from my heart, from my family because of Jesus Christ, because what he has done his salvation is complete. Salvation is complete no matter what. Nothing missing, nothing broken. So therefore, Colossians 2.11 said, Through our union with him, we have experienced circumcision of heart. All of the guilt and power of sin has been cut away and is now extinct because of what Christ, the anointed one, has accomplished. Ladies and gentlemen, we are now in the promised land. Walk in what Christ, the anointed one, has accomplished. What has he accomplished? Joshua 5 and 1 says, in my final scripture, 
And it came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites, which were on the other side of Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanite, which were by the sea, heard. What did they do? They heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan before the children of Israel until we all passed over that their heart melted. Neither was their spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. Because of what God has done, the enemy, no matter how many they are, no matter how numerous and how strong they are, because what God has done, what God has done through you, what God has done in you, and what God has made you to be, their heart will melt because of what God is doing in your life, in the promised land that he's given you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Lift your hands and give the Lord a great praise. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Now, the small part that I wanted to add is funny because did I call you yesterday or this morning? Oh, this morning. He kept popping up, popping up, popping up. I said, man, you got something? He said, yeah, I got something. I said, cuckoo. And so, small part, so we didn't talk, but I literally pick up from where he stopped. Um, to recap a couple of things that he said, you know, the ones that were in slavery owned nothing, but the one that were going in the promised land was supposed to own everything. And the ones that were in Egypt, they had no land. But the ones who were going to the promised land, Scripture makes it clear that each and every last one of them had a spot of land on that land. And so, you know, I kind of consider these things preliminary things that we're talking about. You know, again, the Bible says that the Old Testament is written for our learning. So you have these things that happen in the Old Testament. And even though they actually happen, they're symbolic and they're, sim they're symbols and types and shadows concerning where the sons of God will walk in. And that's why there are lessons that you can learn. And so there are some preliminary things that happen because, you know, they left Egypt. They were in the wilderness. That generation died out. The children were going to take over the promised land. A couple of things happened as they crossed the Jordan River. Then they got into the promised land. And, you know, the Lord told them, circumcise yourselves to be able to handle what I have. In the promised land, they were giants. In the wilderness, they just wandered around. And so I just have a couple of things. These are just things because um, um, I'm going to keep saying this. On the 26th, you either need to be here or you need to be in front of your phone, in front of your computer. <laughs> Y'all got those devices that allow you to look on your television, you know, to see, you know, what's broadcasting from your phone, wireless. I don't care if you're cutting the grass on Saturday morning. You better stand in the lawn for a whole hour and pay attention. Um, Devon doesn't even know what it is, and yet he has already picked up enemies, spiritual and natural, that are going to come after us. Um, this right here is, um, um, you know, when I first started pastoring a church, I had this bad habit of saying no churches were doing this and no churches were doing that. And when I said no church in the United States is doing that, my wife said, now this time you're correct. It's very extreme, and it's going it's gonna to pull out every enemy, but they won't know what to do. It'll frustrate them because they're like, how do we stop this one? We can't. In Joshua chapter 5, they're in the promised land now, getting ready to move forward and taking over. And it says in Joshua 5.13, when Joshua was near the town of Jericho, which was the first one that they were going to bring down to the ground, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and demanded, are you friend or foe? I love the angel's answer. Neither one. I mean, you know, that's a strange answer. Neither one, he replied, I am the commander of the Lord's army. And at this, Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. 
I am at your command, Joshua said. What do you want your servant to do? And the commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did as he was told. So you keep seeing this kind of the circle here where before they get ready to go into this extreme thing, you know, they're being encouraged. They're like the Lord. And it's amazing in the passage that Devon just read. Lord, the Lord would tell them, be courageous and, 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 and hopeful and exercise faith. And when he come back around, he add a little bit more to it. Be very courageous. He came back around the third time, added even more to it. I mean, you see this thing where this was getting ready to be so extreme. It was getting ready to be so exciting, so wonderful. It was getting ready to be so exhilarating um, that God was just telling him, get ready. <laughs> be courageous. How I many you know when the Lord tells you to be courageous, you better get ready for something. When he tells you not be strong, he come back around. Matter of fact, be very strong. <laughs> you know, and... And okay, get everybody together and sharpen the knives. We're getting ready to circumcise this new generation. And then an angel shows up. Take off your shoes because this is holy ground. Y'all, this is some serious stuff. And it's interesting because there's a very important note here based on what the angel said. Because I know by the spirit that when Joshua rolled upon that angel, he was afraid. Um, there are some people that when they are afraid, they run from it. There are some people that they are afraid and they run at it because they know they're going to die anyway. So I might as well try to buck up against it. Okay. <laughs> and that's what Joshua did. He said, friend or foe. He said, neither one. He said, I don't want you to think that I'm your enemy come to destroy you. And I don't want you to think that I'm your friend that's going to do you favors. I'm only going to help you if you do the word. I'm the commander of the Lord's army. I'm not neither new. I'm neither for you or your enemy. I'm only for the ones who will do what God said. And if you do what God said, I'll strike down everyone. Because you, there's another scripture where God said, I have already sent the angel ahead of you to destroy the nations. Joshua 6, 1 through 5. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut. Everyone say tightly shut. Because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out. And no one was allowed to go in. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have already given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men shall march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priest blowing the horns. When you hear the priest give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. So the first thing that happened after he told them, get ready, get ready like T.D. Jakes, get ready, get ready, get ready, be strong, be very strong. You're going to have to be very courageous. You're going to have to get your mind right for this because what I got for you is giants in the land. Get yourself together. Everybody circumcise yourself. Get rid of that extra flesh. Uh, uh, get yourself holy. Get yourself right. And then once everyone did that, the first thing that came was an unconventional Instruction, which is what the Lord gave me. An unconventional instruction. Obey the instruction and you won't have to fight. Don't obey the instruction and you might be in war for 10 years. You understand what I'm saying? And that's why he told him to be very courageous. Because at this level, there are some, some, some instructions that come from heaven. And you're going to be like, oh, I don't know if I can obey that. That seems crazy. I went to school for eight years to fight. And now you're telling me to just walk around for seven days. Because uh, notice he said you have to be, he didn't say you have to re really be very courageous to fight them. He said be strong and very courageous in order to obey the word. When he was reading, I was looking right at it. He didn't say nothing about being courageous to fight them. He said, you're going to have to be courageous to obey me. Because I'm going to tell you stuff that's only meant for more than conquerors. You're not used to the instructions for more than conquerors. You're used to the instructions for slaves. 
And because you got a slave mentality, your mentality is not high enough in order to follow this instruction. So when I give it to you, you're going to have to really brace yourself and be courageous to obey this because you never learned this stuff in school. Your grandmama didn't teach you this, even though she's close to me. And this is not something that you can go to an engineering class and learn. Matter of fact, you can't learn this nowhere except for listening and doing it. That's why he said you must observe to do. Ah. So, whereas Egypt represents the world system under Satan that you come out of, Jericho represents the heathen occupying things that are reserved for the children of God. Watch this. They have taken it over and have created systems by which it is hard for the children of God to get in, let alone take over. That's why if you read Joshua 6.1 again, it says, now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid. Put up this graphic. They call it the seven mountains of influence. Your mountain and your place is on one of these mountains. Your land is on one of these mountains. But all of these mountains have been taken over by the, the inhabitants of Jericho. That's why it's so hard for Christians to get into these seven mountains now. Education. I mean, you know, the whole public school system was started for one reason. They were concerned that the children were not being taught the word of God. That's why if you study history correctly, the only textbook they used to use in schools was the Bible. Now, they will kick you out of the school if you bring one. They have locked us out. Religion, it's one of the biggest prisons of all, by the way. Religion and education. Religion has locked Jesus out. We don't believe in all of that tongue stuff. We don't believe in all of that prophecy stuff. We don't believe in all of that deliverance stuff. We don't believe in dreams and visions. We don't believe in laying on of hands. We don't believe in the gifts of the spirit. Matter of fact, we don't believe nothing. Matter of fact, Jesus is suspect now. Uh, and tell you about a dream here right quick. Rick Jordan was in a dream. Some of you have heard this before. Some of you, it's your first time. He was in a dream, and the Lord told him, I'm getting ready to show you in a vision why I'm getting ready to raise up a last generation of men of God that will be different. He went into the vision. He was instantly in a prison yard, and he noticed that this prison yard was very gloomy. And he said, just like at a regular prison, he said regular groups were with their own groups. So he said, you saw whites with whites, black with blacks, Hispanic with Hispanic, Asian with Asian, Asian. He said, and then within those racial groups, he said, with the whites, the older whites will be with the older whites, the younger whites with the younger whites, older blacks with the older blacks, younger blacks with the younger blacks. Y'all get the point. And he said, you see someone kind of wandering around the prison line trying to find out who they were supposed to be connected to. And so he looked over to the right, and he noticed that the walls of the prison, he said, were more like steps. It wasn't flat. It's like you could just walk right out the prison. And then he noticed that there was a barbed wire fence, but he said there were huge holes in the fence where you could just kind of like squeeze right out the fence. So he climbed the steps and went up to the guard shack. You know how you have guard shack in a prison, and they have their rifles pointed to watch to make sure no prisoners are escaping. So he's watching. And he went up to the guard shack. He went up to the first one. And he said the guy had his back toward, toward him. Yes. And he said, uh, excuse me, sir. He said, this may seem like a strange question. He said, but could you tell me what type of prison this is? And he said, when a man turned around, he was dressed like a priest with a shotgun and said, how dare you call my church a prison? We'll talk more about that on the 26th. So he diffused the situation because the man was getting ready to kill him in a vision. He diffused the situation. And so then what he did was it says that he went to the next guard shack where there was a woman. So he was a little bit more careful this time, and he snuck up behind the woman. Excuse me, ma'am. Uh, could you tell me what type of prison this is? And when she turned around, she was a school teacher. She said, how dare you call my classroom a prison? And then the vision ended. And the Lord said, 
It is the church religious system and it is the educational system that is keeping my people in bondage. But they could free themselves up from it at any time if they had enough courage to simply walk through the fence. So that's what they do, is that they've locked Jesus out and they've locked anybody that can bring truth, they locked it out. When you look at the family, I mean, no, they're trying to lock out that it's normal for a man and a woman to be together and get married. It's almost like, it's almost like now me being married to a woman is the new perversion. Bible says, warn to those that call good evil and evil good. Warn to those that call light darkness and darkness good. He's, and, he's, and guess that's what it says. That's a warning. Warn to those that pervert the original model. I feel sorry for you in the future. Because it won't be nothing to be prideful about since you're celebrating the whole month. Pride goes before a fall. It's a reason why they were tricked into taking that word. And that's a reason why they were tricked into taking the rainbow. Because the rainbow was a sign to the world that I will not destroy you over your sexual foolishness again with water. Next time it'll be fire. And when God says, I feel sorry for you in the future, So they're trying to lock us out. And so my thing is fine. If you want to be, if you want to go on that path, fine. But don't try to make it seem like I'm perverted because I still want to be married to a woman. So it's fine. You can marry Dracula if you want to. You can marry a dragon. You and the trees can get together and the birds and the bees. Y'all can have a whole family. Just leave me alone. Don't be trying to tell me that I'm crazy now because I believe that a man is supposed to marry a woman and they're supposed to get married and they have children. But you know what? Pride also rewires your mind. Do you know that there's a scripture, it's either, and I think it's in Jeremiah, and it says that the downfall of Sodom and Gomorrah was their pride. It says that. It didn't even say their wickedness. It said it was their pride. It was the pride first that brought them down. But you know, anything that's perverted can't never reproduce. Everything natural can reproduce more naturally of what it is. I mean, you know, it's natural to have a tree and you take a seed and you plant it in the ground and it just naturally pops up and becomes another tree. Two ashy dudes getting together ain't about to produce nothing. Now, I'm not making fun of people that they're real people that, that they struggle with that. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about somebody that's struggling with that. That's real. We help people with that all the time. We have ex-homosexuals, ex-lesbians. We got ex-everything up in here. We're not talking about people who are struggling. I don't understand why I feel this way. We're not talking about that. We're talking about people who are trying to change the world and trying to make it seem like drag is something that's okay well, for you to look like a monster and cross-dress and then go into a classroom and teach five-year-old kids out of a book. And then the kid has nightmares. And then you say it's because the child has a problem, not the drag queen. Okay, bring one, I'm gonna drag the queen, Never mind. It was a scene in Batman uh, y'all remember the one with the Joker, that crazy Joker that had everybody scared, the one with Heath Ledger, he even died over that role. And, and Batman was trying to figure out the Joker. He just couldn't figure him out. He couldn't figure him out, couldn't figure out. And Alfred told him, he said, man, he said, he told him a story first. And he said, problem is, you're trying to figure out crazy. He said, there are some men that just simply want to see the world burn. And that's what we have now, is people who are in charge that want to see the world burn. They're not really interested in an agenda. They're interested in chaos. Okay? I mean, you know, they locked us out of business, locked us out of government, you know, <laughs> arts and entertainment. I don't know what's going on with arts and entertainment right now. You know what? My wife and I, and I'm putting together media. My wife and I, uh, it's a series of short stories on Amazon Prime called Solos, S-O-L-O-S. They call them Solos. It's about five or six short stories, 30 minutes apiece, by some of the most high-level actors. And, um, you know, you're gonna, a couple of them have a huge amount of profanity, but, you know, I'm not so moved by, let me be careful how I say this. 
there are some things that have a bunch of profanity and I turn off. There are some things that have profanity and I leave on because I'm learning, you understand what I'm saying? You have to pick and choose what you, you know, listen to, you know. Um, Jesus had a cusser on his team too, you know what I'm saying? Peter cussing folk out and line after you've been with Jesus for three years. Okay, so don't, don't get off your religious, don't get on your religious high horse too much. You know, like I'll, I'll listen to profanity all day when it comes to war. Because I'm, I'm watching the, the fight between good and evil, you understand what I'm saying? But when it comes to these reality TV shows, no, I'm not listening to these dummies who want to show they naked behind on national TV because they paid you a couple of hundred thousand dollars. It's amazing what people will sell their soul to for some money. Why was I saying that? Oh, yeah. So, but it's, it's, it's excellent. Just, it is quality cinema. The, ex, the, the, the acting is impeccable. The storyline, the couple I didn't really care for, um, but there are a couple that they literally capture you all the way to the end. And it's pretty much about how technology reveals corruption or how technology will corrupt us in the future. And short stories. But these are the seven mountains of influence, seven mountains of culture, and your land is in one of those spots. And God is calling you to go on one of those spots and begin to take over from the giants that are holding those spots down. And in order for you to truly, I just found out one of my daughters told me that Chick-fil-A finally hit that spot and became the number one food fast, fast food chain in, in the world. Closed on Sunday. Y'all have been noticing that Chick-fil-A has been refurbishing their buildings yeah, two of them, they refurbished it and made more room. I'm like, all y'all did was make twice the amount of people show up now. Just see, see, that's dominance. But see, in order for you to take over, okay, that mountain of business, you're going to have to be unconventional and not religious. We're going to have to have some standards based on the kingdom, but he may not give you a religious name. Holy Ghost Chicken. Ain't nobody trying to buy no Holy Ghost Chicken. Where's Chick-fil-A? See, and that's what I tell you, you can miss your business name looking for something religious when God is trying to give you something cool in order to grasp people. If you knew how many businesses out here were Christian, you'd faint. They don't use Christian names. Okay? Ask God plumbing service. <laughs> it's just like, what? No, see, I run from those places. No, no, no. No, I'm not letting you work on my plumbing. I'm not saying there's something wrong with you having a Christian name. What I'm saying is, is that you're supposed to be slick like the devil and harmless as doves. You go for something. The wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. So in other words, your business is supposed to be actually grabbing the sinner's money. Okay, so I'm going to read the scripture again as I close. Joshua 1.6. Be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land. I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Do y'all remember when Jesus said, he said in the last days, he said, y'all going to harvest stuff that y'all didn't sow. Y'all, there are souls that are, come, that are reserved for our churches that other men planted. They already did the seed and they already watered. And somebody got to harvest this stuff. There's money out there that has to come to you because it's left out there based on what other people did. Y'all understand what I'm saying? There are business concepts that have never been received by men that God now has a drop on this generation. There's advancement, prosperity, increase, dominion, all of that. But God has to do it quickly. For so, so for some of you, he may, not time, he may not have time for you to go to school for eight years. He may have time for you to just listen, do this, and it works. It's reading about a guy I think it was an Asian kid. Boy, it looked like he worked at McDonald's. Nothing wrong with McDonald's. $13,000 and became, uh, what did the boy, $1.3 billion? Sitting in front of a computer day trading. It's so much stuff that the Lord wants us to take over, but you're going to have to be courageous. And then verse 7, he said it again. Be strong and very courageous. <laughs> He said, be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful. 
And how much? Everything. I said, how much? Everything. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night. So you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then when you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Here he goes again. <laughs> be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He said wherever. Not just the church, wherever. Okay? So, these are some preliminary things. The promised land is the Lord taking us back to all of these seven mountains of culture to take back what rightfully belonged to his people in the first place. Can it be done? Yes. Will it be done? Only by a few. Always remember this. I've always said this. Revival in the last days wouldn't come to the whole church because they wouldn't have the mentality for it. Revival would only come to a few, but they would walk in such dominance it would make it seem like the whole body of Christ was walking that way. I remember that song by Run DMC walked his way. <laughs> okay, so I don't know why these rap songs just, just randomly pop into my mind like that. Okay, so again, preliminary stuff. What I announced on the 26th, um, for those that hear it near and far, it will, um, I don't know what it's going to do. I really don't. It's one of those things for the first time in my life that I have pretty much held. I haven't even shared it with my staff yet. Um, it's only two people that I shared it with, and that was my wife and a close pastor friend of mine. Um, I felt led to share with him where I was going. And when I shared it with him, he said, man, he said, nobody is doing that. I said, I know. I said, that's what's scary because it wasn't even my idea. He said, man, I don't even know what to say about that. I was like, I know. He said, everybody is going to attack you, but none of them will win. I said, I know. He said, and you can't stop it. I said, I know. He said, Satan won't be able to stop it. I said, I know. That's what's so scary about it. You know, can't, you know, are you like me? You can't stand when somebody is building you up with suspense and won't tell you something. Just want to, you know. <laughs> kind of like a girl, you know, you're dating a guy and it's like, now I know this fool is getting ready to propose to me and he just hasn't done it yet. He take you out to a restaurant and you waiting and you waiting and you waiting and you waiting. <laughs> but it's, let me say this, what I share on the 26th, um, um, you need to be praying about it now. Um, it is going to be, um, I don't know, I don't know. And it's very simple. It's very simple. But, but it's over this right here. It's the Lord saying, I've been looking for a long time to try to find a group to do this. And, and, and the moment the Lord dropped it on me, I realized why I couldn't get it for two years. My mentality was too low. I couldn't, I couldn't grasp it. He would send it by on a little airplane. And I was like, no, no, I don't think so. And you know what it was? You, know you want to know what was hindering me? Is what he shared. My mentality was stuck in the past. Okay, well, everybody else did it this way. Yeah. That's why everybody else got those results. Okay, so y'all better be ready. But you need to start confessing and saying, Lord, I thank you that now I'm in this promised land season. I need you to show me my spot. Where's my spot? You go back. I encourage you all to study the book of Joshua. Read the whole thing and just see and, and, and there's a principle there, too, because there, there's some that went forward to take over the land and others stood back to watch the stuff that they had already accumulated. It's a whole blueprint that's right in Scripture. Uh, it's unreal how we missed. I don't, know how we, I don't know how we missed that. I missed it. I don't know how. But, but I'm telling you, it's, it's certain. I mean, I have a lot of pastors that are going to be tuned in that Saturday. Some are going to be here. Some are going to be watching online. There's certain individuals, 
it's important for every person to the least to the most. But there's some individuals that there are certain things like Garnett, Francia, Mark Anthony, um, others. Um, it is very extremely important to hear this because the promised land was not just about taking over, but it was about mowing down the enemy with speed. It was just like, uh, and let me tell you something. I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that this has very much alarmed all of hell. I'm telling you, they are extremely, if there was anything, anything that the devil would ever be afraid of, it would be this one thing. Because I literally have tied the hands of hell unlocked. Hmm. Okay, so, so just be praying. You won't be disappointed. June 26 will be marked in heaven. You remember that movie, The Day to Earth, this deal? It's going to be a label like that. The Day. Okay. So, so we just kind of trying to encourage you. And so before they went into the promised land, you had these warnings. You had these preliminary statements and scenarios and teachings. And it was all about getting your mind right. Because what God has for you, you've never dreamed. What God has for you, you've never imagined. And um, you know what's very interesting about the promised land? Children of Israel never ask God for it. It's not something they ask God for. They were sitting up there interceding and praying, Lord, give us a wonderful land. They didn't ask for none of that. This was God's agenda. It was God's agenda for his people to have the best. It was God's agenda for his people to drive the best and wear the best and have the best while they were destroying the enemy and pulling more people out of Egypt to have the best. That was his agenda. And when you look up, lock up and hook up with God's agenda, there's nobody. Everybody better move out the way, especially Satan. Because, because when you hook up with God's agenda, that's when that angel shows up. Dude, I mean, can you imagine you sitting there and the angel shows up? Well, why? Because, see, in this season, it's, it's special warrior angels that have showed up to help us now. This, this is different than the last group. The last group just had to take care of us in the wilderness. But this next group, they don't even really care about us like that. They just here to march us into God's agenda. You understand what I'm saying? So their, their attitude is, dude, I'm here because of the agenda. Get off the agenda and see how long I'll stay with you. I'm here because of the agenda. It's different. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, as each day is going by, it's stuff showing up. It's like an invasion. It's stuff showing up concerning the church and, people, and the people that are connected to it near and far. It's stuff showing up in that realm. They lighten down. Like, oh, we found one. We found one. Because you let me tell you something. You got to be crazy and lost your mind to do this. <laughs> God you got to be crazy. Every time I think about it, I'm like, you ever told God, yes, I'm gonna do something, and then after you said yes, you're like, Man, remember that scene in the Matrix? You said, Wow, why didn't I take the blue pill? It's one of them things. It's one of them. Mm, so so let's go ahead and stand. Let's lift your hands and thank God for bringing you through the wilderness. Out of all of the important things that were shared tonight, one that really struck a chord with me is, is that every person <laughs> that now comes into this church enters into the season. They bypass what we had to go through. And that's very important. We don't need them telling them what it was like in the wilderness because God never wanted you to experience the wilderness. I don't need them reminding them about what it was back then. And no, that's amazing. It's amazing how the previous generation can mess us up. And right now, what we have is the generation, or this previous generation of religious leaders has messed us up. And in order to walk into the promised land, we got to roll away the reproach of the results that we didn't get. And God needs to just find men like Lord. Okay, that's why it also, also the only reason why Bishop Ricky and I hooked up. We both had the same attitude. Lord, it's got to be something more. It's got to be something I'm missing. He said the same thing I told my wife one day. I'm missing something, but I don't know what it is. See, in men like us, we start asking questions. We, we didn't, we, see, folk like him and I, we, we, most guys, they in it for the game. We in it for the war. And, and, and when the war ain't working right, we get to asking questions like, now this is how Jesus did the war and the disciples. And we just... Something is wrong, but I feel like I'm crazy, Lord, because every time I look around, all of the other preachers doing this. But I, I know everybody is doing this, but 
I don't feel right about doing what everybody else is doing. The Lord is looking. So let's start dropping some things and start preparing them. Start preparing them. Start preparing them. Start preparing them. Because even though you asked in the question, your mentality is too low to get the answer. So we got to start just bringing little things across your path and little books and, and men and little teachings and you see something in the word and start questioning even what you're doing and, and all that. will be draining you of the Egypt and draining you of the wilderness. And we'll be slowly but surely putting little droplets of the promised land on the inside of you. Just little by little bit, just, you know, so that you, your mind will be right so that when we drop it on you, you don't faint and lose your mind. And that's what happened. think is this no boom my mentality couldn't handle it and when we were in when we were in uh canaan land bishop oyudipo he said that he said you should start praying for grace he said because the concepts and the revelation and the insight that god is getting ready to drop on the body of christ now he said you have to have grace just to receive it let alone do it because it's way too hot above your thinking. Men that go to university and have wonderful concepts, they can't hang on this level. Okay. It's all for winning a war, I'm telling you. This right here. Woo. So let's lift our hands and receive grace. Father, we receive grace from heaven, empowerment to be able to walk into our many different spots in this new promised land land and spots and places that have been reserved for us before the foundation of the world thank you O lord god that everyone will find their spot and no one will have a small spot every person will be allowed to have as much land as they desire thank you O lord god because it's an unlimited land a land that you said flowing with milk and honey and gold and silver and prosperity and peace and joy and streams thank you oh lord god that you are rolling away the reproach of every negative thing that has attached itself to it you are rolling away the reproach of even the sins that we have committed that we are ashamed about even though you have already forgiven us you are rolling away the reproach oh lord god of the things that our ancestors did through their ignorance and unbelief you are rolling away the reproach, oh Lord God, of the stigma that is attached to those that are attached to heaven because Christianity has become a religion and not a life force. You are rolling away the reproach of Egypt and the wilderness because the promised land is for generals. The promised land is for kings and queens. The promised land is for lords and priests. The promised man land is for the children of the Most High God. A father who set aside the best spot for his children that has been taken over by giants. So I thank you, O oh Lord God, for giving every person here grace. Thank you, O oh Lord God. By the time that this month ends, I thank you, O oh Lord God, that everything on the road to our success will be moved out of the way. I thank you, O oh Lord God, that everything, every blockade, every detour every problem i thank you O oh lord god that every log that has been dragged on our road to bring us to a screeching halt will be removed by the end of this month thank you O oh lord god for the things that you will share and the things that we will see will cause everyone O oh lord god to have a place i thank you O oh lord god for doing these things and we bless and honor you for it in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed.